Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is what it says. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go, go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. That's, that's the call. That's, that's a call to everybody, all believers. Amen. It's not something that you have to all of a sudden just hear from God because that might happen. God might say, you're going to the mission field. Or God might say, do this. But that right there in the Bible is written to every single believer that would ever say, I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's to everybody. Jesus is saying, go now. Now you show them what I have shown you. You go tell them what I have told you. You, you do the things that I have commanded you to do. Now show them how to do the same thing. Tell them about what I did for them. And then so they can carry that message forward. Amen. That's what that means. That's, we call that the Great Commission. When we give it a title, we say that's the, that was the Great Commission given by Jesus Christ to all of the church, to all the believers that were there with Him at that time. So the question's up here, what, what is our mission? Our mission is to save souls. That's the basic mission of the church. That's the basic mission of every single believer is to save souls in the name of Jesus. We don't save them, but we carry the message that does save them. We, we don't do that work. God does that work through Jesus Christ. He's already done the work. It's done. Our job is simply to give away a gift that was given to us. Amen. Think about how easy that is. If somebody gave you a gift today or you can, you know, what gifts that you've received in Christmas, whatever, maybe some that aren't even unwrapped yet. Anybody ever have that? Ever have that gift that never got unwrapped and all year long you're like, I never opened this. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to give it to somebody else. You know, we've done that. You know, and then some say, oh, you re-gifted. Well, you know, sometimes re-gifting is a good thing. Uh, the Bible says it is. <laughs> because through Jesus, God gave us the gift of eternal life. And we're supposed to re-gift that to other people. We're supposed to share. So it's very easy to take something that was given to you and you say, I'm freely giving this to you now. And that's what we do when we share the gospel of Jesus with somebody else. That's what we do when we bring them to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are giving them a gift that was given to us and it has authority behind it. I want you to understand that it has authority behind it. Uh, number one, in Matthew 18 through 20, number one, Jesus has authority to give authority because what does he say in the beginning of that verse? He says, all power is given unto me in heaven. This is the very first part of that. And on and in earth. He said, all the power has been given to me. And then he says, go. So then, then he directs it back to us. Now we have been given authority by Jesus to proclaim the gospel to other people. You know, sometimes we think, well, who am I to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm not a certified pastor. I'm not, I'm not an ordained minister. I'm not any of those things. So what qualifies me to go share the gospel? This does, this word of God, this right here qualifies you as an equipped believer in God to share the gospel. Because the love that was given to you freely, you are now freely to share that love with somebody else. When we get filled 
by Jesus, when we get filled by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when all that happens in our life, it's a rearranging of our heart. We are now new. The old things are passed away. We are now new. And we move forward in love and compassion to other people. That's what moves us to serve. That's what moves us to help people. That's what moves us when we see somebody in the street or whatever, and we can feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit telling us, they don't know me. Go tell them about me. Amen? We know that as believers. We can look at people. We know that they need the Savior because we know how we were when we didn't have Jesus. We knew how lost we were. Just like that hymnal says, I'm, I'm ne never more to roam, right? Never more to roam because now we have found a purpose. We have found the way to heaven, which is Jesus. So we don't know, we no longer roam around. So we, we can look around, we can tell who's still roaming around. And we can tell who doesn't have a direction. And God is saying, go and tell them the direction. Go and give them that gift. Go re-gift them the gift I gave you. Go give them the direct directions to eternal life in heaven. Go show them, share my love with them. That's this right here. So this, this verse qualifies everybody as a believer to be able to proclaim the gospel to somebody else. Amen? That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of the church, to save the lost. And Jesus was given authority to give authority to us. Amen? That's what that means. Glory to God. So that's number one. Number two, he said, go teach and baptize. And he said, teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. So not only do we tell them about Jesus, not only do we show them the salvation, the, the saving grace, the knowledge of that, but then we have to take them hand in hand and say, here's where you find the truth. Here's a Bible. You need this. Because I think sometimes you go, oh, they're saved. They got it. You know, that's not necessarily true. Just because they got saved doesn't mean now that they're, you can just let them go. You know, I, here's an illustration that can hit home to everybody right now. You know, you, we all understand the, the cattle industry. We all understand all those things that happen because we all lived in rural communities. We understand the cattle industry. I, I used to work at a ranch and, and I, can, I can remember working with the cattle, running them through the chute and all that stuff. Okay, so if, if, if it was true that we could just say you're saved and you're gone, then it would be the same thing if you're like a cattle wrangler and all that stuff and they, they hand you the, the cattle and, and, and you say, well, y'all are free to roam. See you later. <laughs> that doesn't really work. There's work. We have to tend to the cattle. We have to, you know, there's shots to be given. There's things to be taken care of. They got to run through the shoe. You got to make sure they're healthy. You got to feed them every day. Amen. Focus on that one right there. You got to feed them every single day. And they begin to hear the horn of that truck. And they begin to hear the voice of the one that comes to feed. Amen. And that's what Jesus talks about in his, in his word. He says, my sheep know my voice. So us, as the people that are basically the cattle herder, the wrangler, we are that of souls. And if we bring a sal uh, somebody to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ, guess what? We are now, we now have authority with that soul. Jesus gave us authority to take that soul hand in hand and feed them the word of God. Because that's what it takes to bring somebody to Jesus. You give them the salvation knowledge, but then you take them by the hand and say, let me guide you in the journey that God has taken me. And this is his word of God. This is the way, the truth, and the life. This is that written down 
for us, for our life, and we get to do that. That's amazing that we get to do that. We get to show people this word, and we get to guide them through that and tell them this is the truth of God. This is what it's all about. Everything in the world is a lie. This is the truth. This is how you find your footing. This is the direction that God has for you. This is your new life in Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's, that's the awesome thing. When Jesus said, go and teach them. Once you've taught them, baptize them. Amen? Now here's the, other, here's the crazy thing, because I never thought about this as a believer growing up. I never thought that I had the authority to baptize. We think, well, that's, that's mainly what the minister of the church does. And yes, it happens in the church. But guess what? That, back then, that wasn't like that. We have that now. But back then, it wasn't like that. People were literally, just like me and you, believers, were taking people, showing them the, the love of God, teaching them, and then they were baptizing them. Wherever they could find water to immerse them, a river, a lake, whatever it was, they baptized them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were given that authority. You have that authority. Amen? You have that authority. If you're, if you're, ever, caught, if you're ever somewhere in the middle of a vacation or something, or maybe a lake, right, Miss Angela? <laughs> I know you. Yeah. What if Miss Angela was, I'm just using you as a scenario, but what if she was given that opportunity and, and she led somebody to the Lord right there in the lake? And, and she was able to explain to them the gospel and she said, hey, by the way, it also says that you are to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son. Would you like to do that? Would you like to receive the baptism? You have that authority, Miss Angela, because you're a believer in Christ. What amazing testament would that be when you can say, I was able to bring somebody to the Lord. God sent me somebody, and I was able to baptize them right there in the lake. And they begin. That's all you need. That's all. You, that's, that's, the, that's the truth of the gospel. Sometimes we, we like to wrap it up in a nice little box and say, well, well you got to be at the church. And, and yes, that's great. That's awesome. I, I, I would prefer, you know, I mean, myself, yes, come and we'll baptize you and we'll, we'll make it an event and you have your family here record it, video and all that. Proclaim it to everybody because that's what that is. Baptism and immersion is a public proclamation saying, I am a believer and my life is for the Lord now. And I want everybody to hear about it. That's what that's supposed to be. That's what that is. And through that, you are given authority and blessings to take the gospel to people. Amen? That is, it's just an amazing feeling when that happens. We can all remember, and, and, and I, want, I want to iterate right now, that if you haven't been baptized by immersion in water, and you've been saved, and you want to do that, then we're, we're going to begin to do that. So let me know. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about what that means. And, and if you're ready... We're ready to baptize you, amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So teach them, baptize them. And then he, said, then he says also, uh, uh, observe, teach them to observe all that that Jesus commanded you, right? He said, teach them to observe. So what does that mean for us? Well, when Jesus was with his disciples, he commanded them to do things. One of the things he really commanded them was the one we always talk about. He said, he said love God. And love people as you love yourself. And once you're saved, guess what? It's not about loving yourself. It's about the way you love God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in you. And so then you love people in that way. Because when it says love as yourself, like you love yourself, it doesn't mean, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't harm myself, so I won't harm people. Well, yeah, it means that, but it's, it goes deeper than that. 
Because again, once you're saved, you go beyond that physical thinking of, I won't hurt myself. It's, 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 that, it's beyond that where you say, I'm not going to spiritually hurt myself. I'm not going to spiritually do things or spiritually harm myself by seeing things or partaking in things of this world that spiritually harm me. Because this body is now for the use of the Lord. It is sanctified and it is holy. It is separated out for the work of God. And when you do that, when you separate yourself like that, God will use you. Amen. It's that simple. What, what did they do with all the vessels in the temple? They were holy unto, unto the work of the Lord. So they separated them out. They weren't put with the regular stuff. No, they were put up as like on high shelves or, or stored in, 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 in holy things that were sanctified. Holy and sanctified just means separated out. Amen? So let me give you an example that we use at home. All of us, maybe, I'm not, I'm not saying all of us, but most of the time, when you have company over that you really want to present a lovely dinner to, what do we do? We say, let's get the good stuff out. The stuff that's been stored away. Let's clean it up because that's been set apart. So technically, you can say that was a sanctified China. That's the sanctified place. We don't talk that way, but that's what we mean. That's the separate out plates and forks and even the napkin holders, however fancy you want to get. You have left those there for a time such as this. Amen? For a special time. And so you have made them holy. So when we do that for ourselves spiritually, guess what? You're telling God, oh, that's a vessel for me to use because it is separate. It does not partake of the sin or of the world. It is made separate. Therefore, I can use that for my work. That's what we do. When we sanctify ourselves, we remove ourselves from the world and move toward God. That's sanctification. See, salvation is the open door. Sanctification is the work we do ourselves saying, I am separating myself for you, Lord. When we baptize people, that's somebody saying, I am making myself available for the Lord. I am separating myself from sin. I am moving forward for God to use me, to proclaim his gospel. That's what that's saying. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. So the last part that I want to say, number four, is this. Jesus is with us. That's the last part of this this verse. It says, Lo, I am with you all the way unto the end of the world. Amen. See, God used Jesus to tell us all this. This was Jesus' great commandment, great commission. This was the mission to the church, the mission to every believer that would receive Jesus Christ. And at the very end of it, he said, you know what? I'm going to be with you the whole time. The whole time. I'm with you. I'm not just going to let you go out and let you roam. No, I will take your hand and I will guide and lead you. That's the same thing that God asks us to do, that Jesus asks us to do. He says, save them, go and teach them, and baptize them. So that means that we have to be close to that person and build a relationship with that person because they're going to have to trust us, amen? And, and we don't really have to work for that trust if they know that we're true believers. If we show them that we really believe what we say we believe and we do what we say, what we believe, then they're going to see the truth the shine right before them and they're going to say, I want I want that. Because everything I have, I thought was truth. It's all a lie. They're going to realize that, just like we realize that in our life. And they're going to say, I need Jesus. And we can say, I can give it to you. <laughs> Amen? In Jesus' name, because he gave it to me to give to you. I can do that for you. And we, and that's what I'm saying. We, we separate ourselves to do that work. When you do that, 
I guarantee you God's going to send somebody your way. God will send somebody your way when you begin to say, use me, Lord. You utter those words and you mean it in faith, believing, Jesus is going to send somebody to you. So all we have to do now is make sure that we're available for the Lord. And sanctify, make yourselves holy, which means, God, you use me for your ministry. And I'm going to make sure that I keep myself away from the sin of this world. I'm not going to taint myself spiritually so that you can use me. I'm going to separate myself for you so that I can do what you said to do in this verse. That you gave me authority to go and teach and to baptize. Amen? God's going to do miraculous work. So we got to be ready for it. We've got to be ready for it. Glory to God. If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son, Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You're a, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow Him the rest of your life, Find a good Bible preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible and then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the salva full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you. Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the Word today. God bless you, and may the Spirit of God guide and lead you always.